0: Episode 8, Long Delayed Due to Self-Isolation and Quarantine. Uh, But to change it up, we are recording in the backyard. So you will hear data digging, and neighbors doing yard work, and birds singing. As we talk about um, probably the only real political thing worth talking about right now, which is the end of the Bernie Sanders campaign, um... Not really a surprise, I mean, after both, I'm um, not going to get into a prognosis of what went wrong. There's a lot of things that went wrong, and I'm sure as the campaign gets further from view, we'll hear more from people inside the campaign on maybe different ideas that were rejected or you know took things in the wrong direction, outreach that didn't work, things along that side. Um, but you know, for a candidate who won the first three primaries, or I guess two and a half, if you count the Iowa debacle tie with uh, Mayor Pete uh, pretty unprecedented to suddenly just get washed the way he did um, and you know we go back to the two major factors the right, uh, right side of the Democratic Party coalescing around Joe Biden right after the South Carolina win and the failure of the left wing flank represented by Sanders, uh, Warren and to a kind of bizarro extent that she floated through the primary process, uh, Tulsi Gabbard I guess as well them, you know, not taking the cue that this was a coalescing moment, dropping out and endorsing him, uh, just as if, were the roles reversed, and let's say Warren had won those first couple, and Bernie hadn't, he should have dropped out and endorsed her. Um, you know, after that, kind of set the table for the Super Tuesday beatdown he got. Um, then the reduced primaries and reduced interactive, you know, reduced participation in primaries— As this pandemic goes on, um, the absolute sham of holding a primary in Wisconsin on Tuesday, um, where after they held one in Illinois and Florida during this pandemic, you've seen the rates of the infection spike. Um, So you're literally, you know, I I realize some of that was in the Wisconsin Supreme Court's hand, which is Republican controlled. uh, But, you know, it doesn't stop the fact that (laughs) Joe Biden himself was saying it was you know, safe to go out and vote if you took the right measures, which is absolutely incorrect. Um, you know, that it's, it was hard to see this ever turning around and in a way that kind of softens the blow, um, you know, since Super Tuesday, there's kind of that shock of how badly he got beat down on Super Tuesday and an idea that after that was kind of maybe a slow period of acceptance that this is how it's going to go, that this isn't going to be, um, this wasn't going to be, it, it wasn't going to happen the way we had maybe hoped it would happen or that he maybe had hoped it would happen. Um, the kind of prevailing notion that those early state wins would maybe propel him to a coronation kind of got fought off by again the coalescing around Biden. And um, you know, we can talk about other things: in the media, uh, his failure to reach out to to get to really make a substantial inroad with older voters, black voters. Um, but I think the more prudent question now is what happens next for. Um, Sanders supporters and and you know supporters of the greater left project that um, he came to represent because I think the important thing to know is to note and to keep in mind is that you know very few people who are Sanders supporters are really only supporters of Sanders the politician as opposed to the ideas he represents and finally finding out that they had a voice in you know electoral mainstream politics. Um, the idea that, you know, it's, it's something you hear a lot from people when they talk about being, you know, on a, like, not too wild about the word radicalized, but um, of coming kind of, having their coming to Jesus or their coming to, um, coming to the great comrade moment of, you know, why they became a leftist and saying, you know, I finally read something or read a book or read, you know, theory or heard a speaker you know, who was a you know, socialist, anarchist, communist, somewhere on that spectrum saying something, that I had inherently known all my life to be true, um, whether it's about the basic value of you know, a worker, universal human rights, universal health care. I mean, and so I think the Sanders campaign, if nothing else, ex- allowed for that kind of transformative moment of, oh, these are things I already believe, and now somebody's saying them. And it's not weird for me. I'm not on the outside saying them anymore. I can be on the. In, I can be inside the kind of Overton window of what is acceptable to talk about in politics um, for believing these things. And so, while th- that campaign is over, and it's not, you know, Bernie is obviously not going to be president, barring some sort of, you know, um, Benjamin Button disorder that renders him immortal, and you know he just keeps running every four years until he finally gets it. I, I, there's also, obviously, we see a large age gap between Sanders himself and Warren to that matter, who, you know, not a socialist, but still a progressive um, in some rights. Um, and then the younger kind of generation of Congress people that have taken up their mantle, whether that's uh, Ilan Omar, Rashida Taleb, uh, Ocasio Cortez, Presley, uh, Ro Khanna, um who are younger. There's, there's a gap there. Um, there's nobody to immediately take up that mantle but I think you know in, instead of saying that you know okay that's that's the end of it that's you know nobody can take up the mantle so the mantle's dead I think it actually is kind of liberating in a lot of ways because we can now look forward to say okay so um, so Bernie embodied all these ideas and we voted for all these ideas we campaigned for these ideas we did text messaging banks, phone banks we canvassed but that doesn't mean that all of his ideas are all of our ideas, and all of our ideas were embodied by his campaign. There are plenty of areas where he could have moved further to the left. Um, there's plenty of areas where everybody I mentioned could move further to the left. And I think the fact that we're not tied maybe now to a figurehead so much as to a movement that has entered the mainstream, you know, no matter how marginally or it's going to be covered, no matter how you know it might be kind of talked out of this current presidential race between, you know, uh, one guy who has several rape accusations against him and another guy who has several sexual assault accusations against him, neither of whom want you to have access to health care, um, you know, that this these ideas are still popular. They pull popular, and because they're not tied to maybe a person who did have some baggage, whether or not you, you know, buy some of the, you know, Issues with Bernie Sanders are clearly issues where he did not connect with voters on certain things. And it, the fact that he's not there anymore, I mean, this is you know his exit, or should be his exit anyway, from the political stage, um, kind of leaves it as a leaderless movement, but that's not a bad thing. I actually think that's a pretty liberating thing and that now is the time that we can maybe reflect and do something that we don't really have in this country, which is have sort of a... Tradition of left-wing theory, um, which we seem to be still drawing. That, that, that's not to say that there's nobody pushing ideas, you know, pushing new theories forward, but not not nearly to the degree that they are in other countries um, or you know other cultures. You know, talk to someone from Europe about the Sanders platform, and they say that just sounds like traditional Democrat platform. It doesn't. It barely qualifies as socialism, as they know it. Um, now is the time, I think, that we can start maybe organizing. You know, whether through whatever groups you know you are you're a part of or want to become a part of, whether that's you know, Sunrise Movement, Extinction Rebellion, DSA, uh, National Nurses United, uh, IWW, things like that, uh, just general union organization in your workplace. Um, to to start thinking about what you know left wing theory means in America in the. 21st century in the age of Donald Trump, and the age of coronavirus, because we're dealing with, you know, the, the crisis of the legitimacy of our democracy, which is, you know, we know controlled by only a handful of people with a lot of money and a crisis of the complete breakdown of the you know backbone of our society under the strain of this um, pandemic. And so I think now is the time that maybe I, I address this a little bit in our last episode, which was a couple weeks ago as I've been annoyed with nothing to write about um, or talk about and I think it's um, most important as you hear our neighbor doing yard work, um, is that now is the time to maybe start putting out what does it mean today what is, what, is, what is all these social theories, what does socialism, what does anarchism, what does communism, what does solidarity look like in America in 20? Twenty-one. You know, we draw, yeah, obviously go back, draw from Marx and Engels and uh, all the other writers you know, stemming from them, draw from the lessons of success and failure of the revolutions in the past, uh, what worked, what didn't work, where things went wrong, but apply them to the fact that today we have a unique way, you know, through the internet to connect with and organize people. And a unique situation in which, as we speak, the very fundamental basics of capitalism in our society are actively breaking before our eyes. I mean, we have a situation in the situation so bad in New York where the ventilator shortage is getting to such that you're going to have to maybe start literally choosing who you can and cannot save. I mean, that's unthinkable. And Any system can be pushed to that brink. But the fact that our system, you know, is being pushed to that brink in a country with this kind of GDP, this kind of resources, um, to say that we couldn't have put those resources to better use, to say that when we put in a bailout, we couldn't have nationalized aspects of those companies and said, okay, you know, Boeing, GM, you're not, for the, for the next couple months, you're only making ventilators, you're only making PPE. Um, is, you know, the, we see that the opportunity is there. It's just that we don't have, while the ideas are popular, they're still not maybe mass pressure and mass movements for this. And the interesting thing about the current situation then becomes that as we're talking about this, um, we're seeing right now that the economy is so reliant on people who, were they to strike, let's say, grocery workers, um, fast food workers, uh, people who have already made done wildcat strikes and gained concessions, Uh, Amazon, Instacart, uh, companies like Walmart and Target are actually far more of a backbone to the natural functioning of society than, you know, the people making planes at Boeing, Uh, the people who, you know, know, people making, you know, weapons and shipping them abroad to the the Saudis. Um, You know, what we've seen about our economy is is, again, as anybody who studied left literature knows, it is in the hands of the worker. And as we come out of this, as this, you know, hopefully, again, obviously with the most minimal loss of life and minimal damage possible, that we recognize that power and maybe, you know, that is the time to push and say, okay, everybody's healthy now. You know, maybe now is the time for that general strike. We've seen what happens if you don't pay rent. I've I've read somewhere that almost a third of people, I believe, maybe in New York City, I believe, uh, I could be wrong. Uh, didn't pay rent in April. Um, okay, so what do you do about that? Are they going to evict all of them? Can you even evict all of them? Um, you know, we about to have maybe 16 million people unemployed. Okay, um, so they're, they're all going to lose their health insurance? Is that really going to be the way we're going to do this? Or is this the time when we say, you know, to get out and start organizing and say, here is, you know, we can analyze the situation from our present moment and theorize how to make it better we can analyze the situation. We can look at what Sanders, and, you know, Corbyn in the UK, uh, Melanchon in France. Although I'm not as well versed in him, and I know he has some issues of his own, um, did right, did wrong, uh, because obviously the populist right is using this and is going to continue using this to push their agenda. I mean, we saw in Hungary this week, or maybe it was last week. Every week is now the same week. Uh, Viktor Orbán has pushed through extraordinary powers to control the Hungarian government um completely dictatorial and he's just kind of gotten away with it um and so it's not just a question of do we have the motivation or do we have the theory or do we have the organization or the will or the the you know the proper context and motivation to get up and say yeah let's do this let's you know now is the time it's more an issue of necessity because if we don't the other side is and that, and, and the, you know the center is not going to hold. The center is barely holding on now. The center is, you know, in America has just put forth for to oppose Donald Trump, a guy who can't read off note cards in his basement in a TV interview. Um, you know, that's that's not going to be the you know that's not going to be the leader who takes us into anywhere bold new territory. Um, we need you know, this is I think the moment for maybe something much more. Faceless, uh, leaderless, but still driven by concrete goals, so that it doesn't turn into something, you know, powerful but amorphous in the sense that Occupy Wall Street might have, you know, turned into, where you had mass energy and mass movement but no stated, you know, concrete way of achieving your goals. I think now is the time for all of us to think pretty hard about how to make this world better, um, how to convince our friends, our families, other people to make this world better, people who can afford. To strike, um, I see this as somebody who's currently unemployed, so I obviously realize I'm talking to people who are in a much more difficult position than me um, to say, you know, you need us more than we need you. And if you want us back, uh, we're going to we're going to demand more from you, um, whether at the federal level or the employment level, uh, whether that's $15 an hour wage, whether that's health care that's not canceled when we're, you know, fired, whether that's, you know, hopefully moving in the trend of universal health care. Uh, universal equal rights um universal rights for imprisoned people um i think you know we have to come out of this with the message with the idea that once this is over or once this you know the window opens up that it's close enough to over there has to be a huge push to say that we cannot go back to the way things were and we cannot go back to a further right movement of those um and in that spirit um Recommendations for this week: uh, Both Haymarket Books and Verso Books are giving are offering online books for free. Uh, I think they each have ten listed. Some are on um, things like eco-socialism, socialism, and, and left-wing politics, in Silicon Valley, um, prison reform, things like that. Uh, the movement for Black Lives and racial inequality in America. These are all resources you can you know download again for free, uh, right to your computer. To get on reading those and uh, kind of getting your own ideas stirring. The other one is to just start, you know, taking a leap and getting involved. Uh, Wilmington down here has just started a DSA chapter. We're still trying to figure out kind of what we're about um, and what movement, you know, kind of things we want to do in the city to push our ideas forward. But these, these are, you know, whether that's DSA, whether it's Sunrise, whether it's another socialist group or, you know. Communist, anarchist, food, not bombs, something like that. Do you get with people of like mind and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the book down for a minute. I'm putting my theory down, I'm, and I want to talk to you about my ideas. I want to hear your ideas. Let's. We need to start working together. How are we going to get this done? Because, so much of this happens, you know. The the beauty of it online is that you can communicate ideas so freely, and you know. Get all these different perspectives, get access to books and thinkers and authors and films and art you never had any idea about that, you know, confirm that suspicion that you've had all along that something is wrong and there is a way for the world to be more equitable, uh, more humane, and that you were just waiting for somebody else to show it to you and say, oh my God, this is what I've known my whole life. This is correct. Um, and I think now is the time to say, okay, how do I, who in my neighborhood? I talk to about this? Who do I know who has a like-minded, you know, and this is an uncomfortable thing. You know, we're, we're atomized by nature. Our, you know, economic and social constructs make us, you know, atomized so that we want to do this stuff digitally instead of in person. It's hard to talk about theory and with people, you don't really know that well. It's hard to disagree with them and say, Hey, I respect your viewpoint, but here's my viewpoint. And then have your vo- viewpoint criticized and, you know, try to come to an understanding or re- resolve something, or maybe you don't and just say, okay, well, what can we do to, Still push these ideas forward if I concede or you concede, um, but I think it's I think that's necessary. And what we don't have, in addition to that traditional theory, is any kind of really um, I'm trying to think of the phrasing for this. It's any kind of tradition of you know since probably the '60s of mass protest movements um, that have been effective, that have been more you know goal oriented than that um kind of cheerleading effective you know coming out and doing so coming out and doing you know the women's march uh marches in solidarity and protests against you know ice that's all great and that that does work to build up spirits to you know get people mo- motivated and it's a, again a great way to meet new people meet people who have the same ideas who could maybe work you could work with who you could start talking with but um it needs to be more than just Naomi Klein has a great book called No is Not Enough. That, you know, resisting by itself, you know, just hashtag resisting, isn't going to accomplish anything. It needs to be a no followed by, no, we're not standing for this, and we'll stand for nothing less than blank. And when you see the power that we have, again, as evidenced in this pandemic by how quickly, you know, the economy has kind of come to a screeching halt um, you know, um all the all the people who are deemed essential workers and the people who are, you know, shit on regularly by the Democrats and Republicans as, you know, the blue collar, the gig workers, the people who are struggling, um, that those people could have much more control than anybody wants them to think. And if we can if we them, everybody in between, can get together and start working on goal oriented mass action, um, then I think we have a chance after this and it'll probably be a small window and there'll probably be concessions and there'll probably be losses and there'll probably be disheartening, but just to win fucking something to get some kind of concessions to say this, we have to be living in a better world. We have to be better prepared. We have to be a country that treats people more humanely so that next time there is a pandemic or a national emergency, if we're not two weeks in before we say old people should be going back to work and dying so that they can prop up the economy for the young, um we have to we have to get beyond that. And I think in a way the exit of Bernie Sanders, while we are thankful for all he's done, um pushing some of these ideas into the mainstream, ideas, you know, that you couldn't even talk about in the mainstream a couple years ago. You know, the word socialist being a mainstream word, you know, when it was you know, anathema, you know, think about the early Obama years where they accused his very marginal liberal plans of being socialist as kind of like a boogeyman type tactic. Um and that now we can say, okay, these are out here in the mainstream. The, you know, the person who was the figurehead is gone, but there's other people in Congress who are getting the legislative work done. And now it's time for us on the ground to start pushing together and trying to build something up. And so that's, I think, what we need to be focused on, what we need to be doing. Um, obviously, it's hard to keep your spirits up in isolation when every day is kind of the same bland nonsense. But um, I think getting a goal-oriented getting together with people in your neighborhood, getting together with people in your city, um, to share ideas, talk about how you can make your city, your community better, um, and then how all that work together can maybe make the nation better is um, maybe the most important thing we can do right now. So yeah, that's that's it for this episode. <laughs>